You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Hello all, Eric Rivenis with the Most Notorious Podcast here. Each week I interview an author or historian about a historical true crime, tragedy, or disaster. Subject matter ranges from gunslingers to Gilded Age murder to gangsters to fires to pirates to wild prison breaks. My guests bring their incredible knowledge directly to you. Please subscribe to Most Notorious on your favorite podcast app. Cheers, and have a safe tomorrow. On a Saturday in February in 1867, a group of hunters in the Blondishar district of India came across a shocking sight. After they tracked a lone wolf to a cave in the jungle, they peered inside and saw the last thing they'd ever expect to find. A six-year-old human boy, alive and well, living with the wolves. The boy was swiftly whisked to an orphanage where missionaries observed that the so-called wolf boy had even picked up some wolfish traits and behaviors. He couldn't stand straight up or speak, and he rejected cooked food in favor of raw meat. Missionaries at the orphanage judged the boy to be about six years old, and soon dubbed him Dina Sanichar, Sanichar meaning Saturday, the day he was found. Though Sanitar led a strange and short life, forever trapped at the dividing line between human society and the animal kingdom, his legacy lives on. In fact, he's allegedly the inspiration for Mowgli in Rudyard Kipling's novel The Jungle Book, which was later adapted into a beloved Disney film. But the story of Dina Sanitar is nowhere near as innocent, charming, or joyful as the Disney version might have us believe. You're listening to History Uncovered, brought to you by the digital publisher All That's Interesting, where we explore the uncharted corners of the natural world and the world past. I'm All That's Interesting staff writer Kalina Fraga. Today, we're going to the jungles of India to learn the story of feral child Dina Sanichar. It's impossible to know how Dina Sanichar's story truly began, where he was born, and to who, and how he ended up in the company of wolves. Those early years are lost to time and to the jungle. So the story of his life, as any of us will ever know it, begins in 1867, when hunters spotted him for the first time. As the story goes, the one told by missionaries the orphanage where Sanichar ended up. A group of hunters set out one February day in the Bolanshar district of India and began tracking down a wolf. Instead, they came across a boy. In some accounts, they spotted him loping after a wolf pack on all fours. In other versions, the hunter stumbled across the boy inside a wolf's den. In any case, the boy immediately struck the hunters as odd in ways that they'd never seen before. Of course, being with wolves in the wild was unusual for a child, but the boy looked upon the hunters without any glimmer of recognition or relief in his eyes. He didn't run to them, and he didn't answer any of their questions. 
The alarmed men quickly decided they would have to bring the boy out of the woods and back into civilization. They simply couldn't leave a child, however bewildering, behind in the wilderness. The hunters thus snatched him up quickly, by some accounts killing one of the wolves right there on the spot, and then carried the six-year-old to Sikandra Mission Orphanage in the city of Agra. Since the boy didn't seem able to speak and offered up no name, the orphanage gave him one. They called him Dina Sanichar and set out on their mission to civilize the peculiar boy found in the jungle. At the Sikandra Mission Orphanage, overseen by Reverend Erdhart Lewis, workers tried to coax Dina Sanichar back into civilization, but it soon became apparent that he was wild to the core. The boy appeared either indifferent, scared, or hostile when it came to even the most basic staples of human life. He turned up his nose at cooked food, preferring instead to eat raw meat and chew on bones, just as wolves do to sharpen their teeth. Meanwhile, Sanitar did not take readily to walking or wearing clothing. He struggled with wearing pants, according to orphanage administrators, and much preferred to lope along on all fours as opposed to standing erect and walking on two legs. What's more, he couldn't speak. Most human infants begin to grasp language in the first two years of their lives, but Sanichar apparently had never had the opportunity. At six, he was far too old to learn, and he communicated instead with animal-like noises. He couldn't write either, nor could the boy understand basic gestures like pointing. He was, said Reverend Lewis, a quote-unquote paggle, meaning imbecile or idiot. Lewis went on to say that the boy nevertheless, quote, still shows signs of reason and sometimes actual shrewdness, unquote. Eventually, Sanishar, who orphanage officials also called Wolf Boy, developed the ability to understand what people said to him. He started wearing pants and shirts and developed a very human-like affinity for smoking cigarettes. But the boy in the jungle remained restless and fidgety and ill at ease around his own kind, seemingly out of place like a wild animal dropped into a human household. He never spoke a word in his life. Indeed, by the time he died at approximately the age of 34 in 1895, Sanichar had spent most of his life standing at the edge of the human world and peering in, an alien observer more than a member of society. In his life, there were only a few people he seemed to form a bond with, and they were other feral children just like him. Dina Sanichar was not the only child found in the jungle and then brought to the Sikandra Mission Orphanage at this time. He was one of at least four, two other boys and one girl, who spent some time at the orphanage during his life. 
In fact, the children appeared in such quick succession that a member of the Geographical Survey of India quipped that they, quote, created no more surprise than the delivery of the daily supply of butcher's meat, unquote. Like Sanachar, they were ill-suited for life in human society. Lewis wrote a far-off colleague that the feral children had a surprising facility to get along on all four feet, meaning their hands and feet, and that before they eat or taste any food, they smell it, and when they don't like the smell, they throw it away. In response to an inquiry about the children, Lewis described one of the boys by saying, quote, In his habits, he was a perfect wild animal in every point of view. He drank like a dog and liked a bone and raw meat better than anything else. He would never remain with the other boys, but hid away in any dark corner. Clothes he would never wear, but tore them up into fine threads. He was only a few months among us, as he got a fever and gave up eating. We kept him up for a time by artificial means, but eventually he died." Unquote. Lewis also noted that Santa Char developed a friendship of sorts with one of the other feral children. They had, he said, a bond of sympathy, and Santa Char even taught the other child how to sip out of a cup. However, it is important to know that the stories about these feral children came from just one source, the orphanage missionaries themselves. Were Sanachar and the others truly found in the woods, or were they abandoned because of physical and mental disabilities, then spun into wolf children for media attention? The stories of feral children like Dina Sanachar did indeed draw widespread interest in India. In fact, some believe that Sanachar's story may have come to the attention of author Rudyard Kipling as he wrote The Jungle Book. Rudyard Kipling was born in India in 1865, spent his childhood back in England, and returned to India as a teenager. In 1894, he penned the classic novel The Jungle Book, which tells the story of a young boy named Mowgli who was lost in the jungle as an infant. In Kipling's book, Mowgli is raised by wolves, just like Dina Sanachar allegedly was, and makes friends with animals like bears and black panthers. In 1967, Disney adapted Kipling's story into a bright, colorful, musical film that remains beloved to this day. But was Kipling's book, and Disney's later adaptation, based on stories about feral wolf children in India like Sanachar? In truth, the evidence is inconclusive. By the time Kipling started writing The Jungle Book, stories about India's wolf children were well known, and Kipling, living in India, likely heard about them. However, Kipling himself later seemed unsure of how exactly he'd come up with this story or with the character of Mowgli. A year after The Jungle Book came out, he admitted that he'd taken pieces from so many different sources that he didn't, quote, remember from whose stories I have stolen, unquote. So was Dina Sanachar Kipling's inspiration for Mowgli? It's certainly possible. But the story of Dina Sanachar is hardly the first of a child raised by wolves. That tradition goes as far back as the Roman Empire, when its founders, Romulus and Remus, were raised by a she-wolf. 
In the end, Sanachar's connection to Mowgli is a hazy one, just like many things in the wolf child's life. We don't even know, in truth, if Sanachar was found in the woods, or if missionaries made that story up for publicity. He could have simply been abandoned at a young age because of some sort of disability. But if the story is true, if Dina Sanachar spent the first few years of his life deep in the jungle, in the care of animals, and far from human civilization, then that tells us something fascinating about human nature itself. It suggests that there's only a faint, delicate line between what we call humanity and the wild. It suggests that it doesn't take much at all for a human being to fall to the side of the wolves. Thanks for listening to History Uncovered. I'm History Uncovered's producer, Kit Westneat. If you like the show, help others find us by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And be sure to follow the All That's Interesting and History Revealed pages on Facebook and Real History Uncovered on Instagram. Make sure you don't miss out on the new episodes and subscribe to the History Uncovered podcast. And keep up with our latest stories at allthatsinteresting.com. If you have a question about the show or just want to say hi, feel free to call us at 929-526-3029 or email us at podcast at allthatsinteresting.com. This podcast is part of the Airwave Media Podcast Network. Visit airwavemedia.com to listen and subscribe to their other fine shows like Legends of the Old West and Redacted History. Until next time, keep exploring. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off. U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.